Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod. Ireland, Allen are in Rome this weekend. Team's just been named. James Ryan is captain. Plenty of changes. What do you make of the side? It's a very strong side, um, Stuart. I think um, I never envisaged Andy Farrell making a huge number of changes. And, uh, you know, obviously he's shown the Italians a lot of respect by picking a very, very strong side. Um Great Casey coming in adds that bit of extra zip, a different, a different dynamic, and and Jack Horner as well coming into the back row gives him an opportunity because, I, and I think I was thinking about that one. You know, you think if there was an injury in the back row, you want to. It's a real confidence booster and an opportunity for Jack Horner as well. He's a quality player and he's played very well. Um, people mentioning his form a little bit since he came back from that Lions tour, but he's still a top player. Um, and Bundiaki needs game time as well. So I think it's um, no great surprises at all, but uh, it's a very strong side. And I think that's a really important part of this because I'm sure the Italians will be really targeting this game and going after Ireland. Yeah, Matt, just bringing you in there. So much strength and depth there. Casey and Byrne getting their first championship start. So it's a big afternoon for those two men at halfback. Huge afternoon, Stu. And Andy Farrell... He must be so pleased with this circumstance. He's got six of his automatic starting team out. So Furlong, Hooley, Togburn, Jamison Gibson Park, Sexton and Robbie Henshaw. Now, all those six would be in match day 23, with the exception of uh, Hooley. They'd all be starting. Hooley would be on the bench. So this gives him an opportunity to play six other players, which is starting to bring experience of test match players in World Cup year up to the number 30. I mean, that's fantastic for, for the long term. And Farrell can also say, I'm picking my best team. Ryan Baird gets his chance, all that, and, and all the things that Quinny said. But especially at 9 and 10, we're giving Ross Byrne really valuable match time to start a Six Nations game. And we're also giving Craig Casey another opportunity to, to learn and to get better. And he is getting better. He's improving as a player. And we all, all players get more comfortable in the international environment the more chance you get them. And, you know, look, I've got to say, I'm particularly pleased for Ross. Um, he's a guy I've admired. I felt he's been very harshly done by over the last World Cup cycle. And I think it's a great lesson to us all like, that you haven't heard the young man complain once. He hasn't blamed anyone else. He hasn't said anything. He's just got on with the job and he's allowed his playing to do the to do the talking. When he came on uh, against France, the look on his face was fantastic. He was determined. He was absolutely determined that he was going to make that 20 minutes 
absolutely changed his career. And to the to Ross's credit, he has, and he deserves everything he his selection there today and everything he gets is from it. I hope he does so well with a relationship with Casey. We know he's got Bundiaki and um, the the rest of that three quarter line. It would, it would start most tests, so it, it is a very very good selection. Um, the other thing that's fantastic is is Bielan has proved he's good enough, and Tom O'Toole gets another chance. Uh, you know, there, there's just winnings on every front here for Ireland on the selection and for Andy Farrell. And again, I think this is a really strong team that Quinny said. And you can't like Australia and Wales proved you can't pick a second fifteen and go out and think you're going to win because Italy have improved, and so I think it's a plus for everyone. Matt, I'm just going to stay with you because you've always been a big advocate of Ross Byrne. Why have you always rated him so highly? And do you think he is? He obviously has improved, but what areas do you think he's improved the most over the last couple of years? I I think there's two things to to the Ross Byrne story. One, he's he is in the Leinster system, and the the, the Irish attack is basically the Leinster attack. It is it is very much structured around Leinster. Of course, the vast majority of players. Uh, in the team are Leinster players. And I think that is very smart play. So Ross is used to that system. Now, Joey had played, he played in a very different system for a number of years down at uh, at Munster. The second part is that Ross is doing what Joey's not. And as a 10, there's two things you have to do. You have to vary your depth depending on where you want to attack. So the flatter you are, the more pressure you put on yourself. So the attack's one pass around you. And the, the deeper you are, the easier it is. And, and Joey is, is too deep a lot of the time. And the second part is if you are taking the ball on an angle, you've got to straighten up before you pass. You've got to get your hips square with the, with the try line. And you often hear um, coaches and, and backs talk about squaring up. That's what we mean. If you're running across the field when you accept the ball, you've got to square up because then you become a, a, a threat to the defenders. A defender has to focus on you. So even if you pass, you take a defender out of the system. And Sexton is is the master at it across the globe. He's the one of the best I've ever seen. Mark Eller is the best I ever saw. He just did it. He was he never got across. He was just square the whole time. He was a nightmare to play against, but a brilliant to watch. And Sexton is his equal as far as that is concerned. Sexton does it brilliantly, and that's what Ross is getting better at. Taking the ball to the line, being square. When he when he's at that outlet player out the back, he gets the ball and he squares up before he passes. So he becomes a threat. And um, you know this, he, you can just see at Leinster when they play that play, and then he the player running off usually ring rows running a short line, or he's got out the back to to Hugo Coonan. If he doesn't square up, that play doesn't work. And because he squares up and attracts a defender, it works. It's as simple as that. And the other part to Ross, um, I think he's just a really lovely guy. <laughs> I think he's a really gentle person. And sometimes nice guys come last. And I, you know, the look on his face, he, he got angry on, against France. And he's got to take – you don't have to be rude, you don't have to be, but you've got to have an edge to you. And I think he's developed a bit more of that edge. Quinny, nice guys never come last. You never did. What about Aki outside him? He's there to help. He was always first. <laughs> nice, nice off the field, uh, but you have to. You were, you were Quinny. You were Doctor yeah. Jekyll and Mister Hyde. You always have. If I cross yeah. that line, it's a different world. Yeah, well, you still still got to keep keep your control. But look, as Matt said, his composure is good. I think his uh, his attitude has been really good, and that's important. But 
I think Bundyaki outside him is impo really important for Ireland. He has been for for a long number of years now, and I think he obviously needs game time. Um, he needs a good performance. He needs to lead from the front um, and bring a real kind of... Uh, bring the quality that we know he, we know he has. Stuart McCluskey has done very well there. I'm sure Stuart McCluskey would have loved to have started this game as well. But again, as Matt said, it's it's looking at different variations and possibilities that things that may happen at the World Cup um, and you may have a few injuries in certain positions. And it's it's like I say about Jack Conan as well, it's reigniting his bit of confidence and self-belief. He doesn't have to go out, neither of them have to go out and have star performances. They just got to do their job really well and show their quality. Um, same for Ian Henderson in the second row because... You know, he's been, he's a very, very experienced player. Um, he's had, you know, issues with injuries and uh, disappointments, I suppose, with with um, the run that Ulster had before Christmas and around Christmas time. Um, he still a, has a lot to offer Ireland and he brings great experience into that, into the second row. So um, a lot of experience, those three changes, um, you know, they're, they're players that I'm sure will want to prove a point and remind people of, of what they can do and how good they can be for Ireland. And uh, it's going to be a very physical game. You know, I always remember for any time I was involved in, in, in an Irish squad against Italy, um, you know that you're going to get emotion, you're going to get passion, you're going to get physicality and you've got to be patient. So if you go out, and, and this is probably gone off the point a little bit, but if Ireland go out on Saturday and think they can just run around and be nice and comfortable against Italy, um, that's the rock they'll perish on. You've got to work incredibly hard and you've got to stress them and and match that physicality or even bring some more. So um, it's another intriguing kind of test for Ireland, even though they're expected to win the game and it's a strong Irish side. Um, but Italy at times can make it really difficult. And that experience and, and Ross Bourne as well, you know, for him, it would be brilliant for the Irish depth chart around that 10 position to take his chance now and and perform well you know you think back to the times he played for ireland which was warm-ups for the world cup and post-world cup and the six nations and you think of the two england games it, it was a difficult situation the whole team was struck were struggling and and england were very very forceful against him so he's a quality player and uh, he gets a great opportunity now to enhance himself again on saturday and matt um i'd like to say center guy ringrose in the form of his career, he's fiftieth day, fiftieth appearance for him, so it's going to be special again. Yeah, Gary's a fabulous player. How how fortunate have Ireland been? You know, pro probably over the last getting on the twenty years, you had you had the Driscoll era, and you know Brian was without peer, in my opinion, in modern rugby as an outside centre, certainly in Ireland, uh, and he he's in the discussion of the all time greats in that position. Uh, and then we get someone of Ringrose's quality as well. I think the, the, the feature, having coached Brian, I think he's the best sliding defender I've ever seen, closely followed by Jason Little, the great Queensland Australian uh, outside centre. I happened to coach Jason at the Waratahs for a year. That, that Their ability to read defence and make something that is so hard. So you've got three, to, three attackers and there's you and a winger, and you've got to, you've got to solve the problem. And Brian used to make that look so easy. Ringrose does the same. Ringrose is just such a good reader of defence. Now, he's, let's forget about his attack, but his defence 
and when we say defend, there's defending and then there's tackling. So you defend to make a tackle. You get yourself in a position to make a tackle and tackle the right person. And then you go through with the tackle. I think that, that's, to me, his greatest feature. And I think in recent years, I was interesting, I was having a chat with Gordy Darcy about this. Obviously, one of the island's fan, all-time great inside centres. And he, it's, he, he always, Gary always had an outside break. He, he would, you know, he'd burn people with his pace. But what I think he's really uh, learnt and, and mastered over the last few years is his ability to tack the inside shoulder. So he goes out first and in, which is, again, what O'Driscoll would do. He, O'Driscoll would be running outside shoulder and the defender would go with him and then he'd change to inside shoulder before he got the ball. And Gary is doing the same thing. That's why he's making a lot of those breaks where you see him coming back towards the post from the outside centre position. A, a really fabulous player. And again, as we talk about Gary and Ross Byrne, there's a relationship they have. They've had a lot of time together, understand each other. And the last part, I think just to add on Quinny's point about Ross and the backs, when the back line goes well, you know, we used to always say in the amateur days, when you were a 10 and I was, go and buy your forwards a beer after the game. Because if you had a good game, it's because of them. If the forwards lay down the platform, it makes it easier. Ross Burns suffered at Twickenham four years ago because his pack got bashed up. Now, on Saturday, if the pack don't lay down that foundation that Alan uh, referred to, the physicality and the set plays and, and the ball running that, that the Italians are bringing now, we won't get to see that um, electric attack that we know the Irish team have. So it still comes down to the forwards laying down that platform for for Byrne and Ringrose to bring out what, and Bundiaki uh, to bring out what we know they can. Alan, what is a good day for Ireland at the weekend? Um, well, they've obviously win the game. Um, not pick up any injuries, I think, is, is important going, looking ahead to Scotland. Um, obviously, they'll be hoping that, you know, Robbie Henshaw, Gibson Park, Furlong, these guys will be back in, in, in the mix for the, the last two games of the championship. They have a break after Italy. Um, a good performance is, is being like, I would be of the opinion that this impression that some people may think that you've got to go to Italy and win by 30, 40 points, um, anything less. Um, it was always a potential banana skin. If you, if you don't get a big score there, you know, you get a lot of criticism, but um, they showed what, what they could do against France and how they could frustrate France. I think Ireland are obviously up and running. They've had two good perform really good performances in the first two games. Um, they've got to get the machine kind of moving again and they have that ability. But I think they're going to be tested a little bit with real kind of in-your-face physicality and, and passion. Uh, um, Ireland are a massive scalp for Italy on Saturday. So... I suspect it'll be it'll be it'll take time. It'll take 60, 70 minutes. Um, and even at that, there's no guarantees. I think, you know, I genuinely think that this Italian team is very, very good side. They got out muscle a little bit in Twickenham. I think they look back. Um, their discipline was poor at times. They gave England opportunities to go after them in the mall. They played some very good rugby. So um Ireland have got to be patient. I think 15, 20 point win would be you know, really good. Um, obviously, anything bigger than that is great. Um, you'd love to go there and get a bonus point win and and get a good scoreline in case it comes down to points difference at the end. But um, 
I think a good performance is, is um, you know, defensively as well, that we don't give up soft scores and make errors and mistakes. So Matt probably knows better than I do as a coach, you know, this, this, this is a tricky game. It's a game that if you're not tuned in, if your head is not on, on you know, ready for it, um, it can be difficult. So you're kind of splitting hairs thinking, well, We've got, to, we've got to win by a big score for it to be a positive performance. You can still get a really positive performance. I think a bonus point win would be really satisfactory and, um, you know, limit the mistakes and be strong defensively. And Matt, they have a big boost themselves. They welcome back Paolo Garbisi for the first time in this tournament. We've seen how good he has been before. Tommaso Allen has done quite well, but Garbisi offers something different, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Tommaso Allen... Uh, has really improved, really improved. I thought he was very competent uh, in his performances. Uh, you know, if he, and, and to your, and to Alan's point, if he had have kicked the penalty uh, on, I think it was the 74th minute against France and it missed by five centimetres, uh, then they have, uh, Italy got a penalty on the 79th minute in front. Uh, and if if you had to kick that first one, Italy kicked that one, they beat France. Now they'd missed it, so they're four points behind, so they went for touch and it failed and they lost. But that's how close they came to France with Alan there. Now you bring Garbusi back into it, he is an excellent player. He's a superb kicker of the ball off the tee and out of hand. Uh, plus he does exactly what I said Ross Byrne has learned. He can take the ball to the line square up and be a threat and bring other players, invite other players attacking. Uh, talents uh, uh, into the game. And then when you've got Capuso at fullback, who is this diminutive, fast-moving, fast-stepping uh, joy to watch, you know, that that starts changing the the uh, dimensions of this game. Because what a feature to me of this Italian side, probably from probably the last two games of last year's Six Nations, maybe the three, but I'd say so definitely the last two, they started to look more confident with the ball in hand. They started to have a structure of attack that you could see. You could say, well, it's not just passing to a forward and he's smashing it up. They're, they're, they've got a system that they're playing and they're comfortable with that system and they can keep that system going for seven, eight phases. Now, we couldn't say that about Italy for many, many years. Second half against uh, England at Twickenham, we saw that. We saw them get control of their uh, discipline. As Alan said, they were very poor in the first half. Poor, poor uh, scrummaging was a different story. I thought the referee got a lot of things wrong. But they certainly didn't defend the ball well and they gave away a lot of penalties. Once they stopped that, they started to trouble England and scored two lovely tries. So you, you add in the, the, uh, the, the factors of these, of these extra players with extra talent coming back into the squad and the fact that they are at home and they push, pushed France very close. This is a tough game. I think mentally, like what Alan said, mentally the hard part about going to Rome is you're going to a beautiful city, you're going to the eternal city, you, you drive into the game and there's the Colosseum and there's, there's the forum. You know, Everyone's got cameras out on the way to the game. You're saying, boys, put the cameras away, you've got to play a game of rugby. And you go to the Olympic Stadium and it's got a running track around it. It's 100,000 plus seats and there might be 40,000, 50,000 there. The atmosphere is not what you've lived the week before. They're all factors that diminish performance of the of the, the away team, whereas the home team are e emboldened by that. So the Italian fixture away 
is always tricky. It's never an easy day. And people, that Alan's experience, if you haven't experienced it, people always say, oh, just go and beat them by 40. Those days, right now, those days are over. So it's it's a good Italian side that are going to, and, and as well, defend better than they have done. And Ireland are going to have to be at their best. And I, I, I think to, to it's a one score. A one score is a good day. A two score, a one score win by Ireland is a good day. A two score win is a very good day. I, I, I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of respect for this new Italian team. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Interesting stuff. And I think if I'm right, we have the very man, Sebastian Negri. Just chatting how Italy are running from everywhere. Sebastian, firstly... Great to have you. How are you keeping? Yes, all good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Hi, Sebastian. How are you? Hi, Sebastian. Good. How much are you looking forward to the weekend and what can we expect from Italy? Yeah, obviously, really excited for another opportunity. Um, Yeah, listen, we we know that Ireland are top, top team, best in the world at the moment. So, yeah, it's going to be a difficult test, but, um, you know, we're looking forward to the challenge and I think... You know, we let we let ourselves down a little bit against England in the first 20, 30 minutes. So, you know, we want to put that right, try and start well. And, um, yeah, we've been working on a few things this week. Don't want to give too much away, but, yeah, really excited. Matt was actually just saying, Seb, before you come on against France, how you were running it from pretty deep. Is that something which has obviously been built from the coaches down? Is that something we can maybe see on Saturday as well? Yeah, for sure. Listen, I think we, we're building our own identity under Kieran. Um, you know, we want to be courageous in the way we play. And um, yeah, listen, I've been in the system long enough now to know that we can't just keep doing the same thing because, you know, we've we've been under the pump the last, uh, I'm going to say, 10 years. So something has to change. And, um, you know, under Kieran, we, I think we, we, we've got a new identity. We want to gain respect and credibility back in this group. And um you know, I think we've shown parts of that in, in the first two rounds. Um, a few more people are saying um, that we're playing a good brand of rugby. And I think, you know, if we can get that respect and credibility back from everyone, I think uh, that's a good first step. Um, but we can only do that through performance and the way we play. So, um, yeah, it's a good place to be at the moment. Um, still lots to work on, but yeah, super excited for this weekend. We were also chatting about Paulo Garbisi coming back in. Tomas Allen has done well, but what has Paulo brought this week, and how good is it to have him back out there at the weekend? Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's really important not only in that that case at ten, but we're starting to build a little bit more depth in certain positions. 
Um, I think Tommy's done a really good jo job over the last two games. Um, but, you know, Paolo comes in exciting. You know, I think he's um, a good young, probably could be world class. Um, he's obviously been out for a while, but really excited to have him back. You know, adds another dimension to our exit, you know, with the left foot. So that's also important. But there's no doubt about his uh, his character and his quality. And, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how he goes. Um, but he's been really good this week. Um, he's looking good in training, looking sharp. So he'll definitely add something to our uh, to our attack. And what about this Ireland team? <laughs> Need I say anything? How how good they are at the moment? But Seb, what, how do you try and nullify them? What what are you going to go out there and try and stop them? What what have you been so impressed? I suppose ultimately by them over the last year or so, even more than that. <laughs> I think you know their speed of ball. Um, you know, I think that's something we have to try and target and slow down. Um, so the breakdown is going to be massively important. Um, you know, they've, they've got options all over the field, threats all over the field, um, but it all starts up front. I think, you know, physically we have to get in their faces and, and um, you know, yeah, try, try and slow their ball down because I think, you know, as soon as they get on top of you and start getting some momentum and rhythm, they're very difficult to, to play against. Obviously, um, I've played against them in the past, and just something as as you notice as a player is that they're very very clinical in what they do, and and also so quick and and decisive. So yeah, I think the breakdown is going to be hugely important this week. Um, Sebastian, it was brilliant to have you on. I'm I'm a little bit before your time, but I played against Italy many times, and um, I always felt that um, it was going to be a physical game. You were going to get a lot of emotion. And sometimes that emotion went against the Italian sides that I played. Yeah. And I, I kind of think you need to get the balance of that right. But I think you've, you've earned the respect. You mentioned that with your performances in November, beating Wales in the Six Nations last year. And people want to see Italy back. How important is it to get the emotional balance right? That you're controlled, your discipline is good, you're making good decisions. Because that didn't always happen. And it was an area we felt that, okay, the Italians were going to come out, they were going to be really passionate, but they were going to be, that passion was going to kind of impinge their performance. Yeah. Alan, I, I really agree with what you're saying. I think it's, it's something that um, Kieran touches on a few times. You know, he's obviously come from, from New Zealand, so he's experienced it sort of firsthand when he was with Benetton and now with Italy. It's something that we got to control because... At the end of the day, if you look at our discipline throughout the last couple of years, it's been really poor. We're one of the most penalised teams, especially in the Six Nations. But if you've seen the last sort of 12 to 18 months, our discipline's been really good. Yes, it wasn't good last week and we were punished for it. But, you know, if we stick around giving away seven or eight penalties um, like we were doing in November and, and the back end of the Six Nations last year. We're in, a, we're in the fight and we're in, we remain in games. Um, so that's definitely something that, you know, that emotion and passion, you can't go over over the top. And if you keep disciplined, um, it keeps us in the game. So that's definitely something that we, we talk about a lot. I think it's something that's getting a bit better because, like you said, you know, I've also experienced it a few years ago where, you know, you're so pumped up after the national anthem, you give away stupid penalties and sometimes that emotion sort of, you know, goes over the top. Um, so I agree with you there. And I, I still think it's something that we've got to keep working on. Um, 
important because if we can have a good balance between the emotion that we bring to a game, um, which is always going to be there with the sort of Italian side, um, if we can keep a balance between that and, and performing, and that's that's a dangerous weapon to have. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's something that uh, we definitely got to keep working at, but we're making we're making strides forward in that in that area. Yeah, and I think um, the top teams obviously punish you, don't they? You know, if, you, if the, that penalty count yeah. is over 10, um, they punish yeah. you. England did a little bit to, to um in, in that game in Twickenham. But, um, yeah, you still need a bit of fight and a bit of old school to get stuck into to the opposition, but it's getting that balance right. Um, I'm not going to ask any more questions. I just want to say your back row is outstanding. I play the Canone and uh, Lamaro, two brilliant players. So if I was analysing... Um, Playing against Sebastian Negri, Canone, and and Lamaro, I know I'd have a, a busy day against you guys. So look, good luck, and uh, as I said, thanks for coming on as well. Mark, no, absolute pleasure. Thanks, thanks so much, Sebastian. I think uh, yeah, great to have you on, mate. Great, great to um, to chat with you. Um, thanks, Mark. Something I've really noticed, Sebastian, the last pro- probably the, the the second last game of the Six Nations last year and through. To, to now is how comfortable your team is in attack now with a system that that's a multiplayer system as forwards passing the backs, backs passing the forwards, and how you're able to hold that system together multiple phases. Second half against England, you were really good against France for, for much of the game. You were fantastic. Um, obviously, you've got some individuals there that can do some brilliance, but it's the team framework in attack that I, I'm, I'm observing has changed or has clicked into place. Is that a fair observation? Is that, is that something that you feel as a as a, participa- a participator in the system? Yeah, no, 100%. I think, um, you know, I think it was against, against France. Um, we talked about sort of the first half and, and not doing our roles properly. Um, and then we changed, you know, we changed a little bit at halftime um, and we just... Kieran, I remember coming into the into the halftime break and also before games, how much he just focuses on delivering your role as an individual. Because as a collective, if you deliver your own role and you work and you study your own job, you know, the system the system's there for everyone to to sort of um succeed, I guess. Um so that's a massive area that we've been focusing on. Um it's all about learning your role and trying to execute it to the best of your ability. I think the one time on an exit, I got my role wrong and the whole system sort of went out of shape just because I didn't do my role properly. Um, fast forward the next week, I do my role properly and we make half a line break. So it's just small little details like that that we're really focusing on in a group. Um, and to be fair, that's something that, that Karen's touched on and keeps touching on. Um, and I think we we also relations of ourselves and as a group that um, that we do our homework, we study study the need fifty p in the meter. Yeah, I think we may have lost you with the Wi-Fi. Are you still there? I, I think we, as you say, Matt, we need 50p back in that meter. But it is great to get such a good insight. We may get him back, we may not. But like you can tell there, even there from his face expression, they're pretty confident side and they're definitely growing. Yeah, they look, they, they, they look. Uh, Am I back? Am I back? Oh, you're back. You're back, <laughs> you're back Sam. You're back. Can you hear us okay? 
I think the Irish have arrived in Rome. <laughs> Sabotage, mate. Sabotage. No, we were just saying, Seb, yeah, even listen, we can no, tell like, how, like, how confident you are as a team, the way you're speaking. There's definitely, obviously, your belief last year beating the likes of Australia, but there definitely must be a lot of belief in there. Yeah, like I, like I said, it's, it's a great environment to be in at the moment. Um, we're really enjoying, um, yeah, a really good place to be and hopefully we can continue putting in good performances and, and yeah, like I said, looking forward to Saturday. We know it's going to be tough. Every game is at this level. Um, but yeah, we're super excited and, uh, yeah, uh, like I said, also before it's, a, it's a pleasure to be on the show. I think he has wrapped up. <laughs> He's given, he's given us a, it's given us enough on it was short I think it's um it's brilliant to have him on and, and to be relaxed and excited about um you know playing for Italy and and probably the feel good factor that they have I still think they're on a journey um they've got to get better and improve but I like the fact that he mentions the word detail a lot and I think if you look at the top sides in 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 international rugby it's just all the small things, the small pieces of the game that are really important, like your breakdown, your set piece, your delivery, uh, catch pass stuff, all the stuff that sometimes we take for granted. And, you know, we see how Ireland, a good Ireland have been in that area. And, and obviously the challenge for them is to keep going and continue that. And it's the amount of pressure you, you receive from the opposition. Can you still execute? So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to see them back. I think, um, Obviously, Wales wouldn't have been pleased that they were the ones that allowed the Italians break the duck. It was over 30 games that they'd lost in the Six Nations last year. But November proved that they're um, they're on the right track. Um, they beat Samoa and they beat Australia as well. So, and that performance against France. So it's uh, it's it's not going to be a, an easy game for Ireland on Saturday. No one, even though he can't hear us because he's off there, we must say a big thanks to Seb Negri for coming on. It's great to have him. Matt, if we move it on, Wales v England obviously have their troubles, still going through their troubles, Wales, but we do have a match, which is great, and hopefully next week all the contracts and all those situations are sorted. Seems to be a lot more to it, obviously, as we know. But there is a game, and I don't know how much preparation they've done, but it's going to be a big afternoon for them. Yeah, very interesting. He's recalled... The old trips, which I always thought he would. I, th I think I think they're talking about Gatlin there with Wales. You know, Alan Wynne Jones come back, Falatau's back, Tapiric's back. Interesting, he, he's uh, he's dropped bigger to the bench and brought uh, a Williams, one of a whole lot of them in that team up to start. Owen Williams. Um, I, I I actually think that was always part of his plan. He's not Alan Wynne Jones and these guys are not going to play every game between now and the World Cup. They're going to play selected games, give them a break, their bodies to recover. Um, and there were some injuries in there as well. Uh, I believe Tapiric, I think Tapiric went off with an injury uh, against against uh, Ireland in round one. But look, it, and it's a, a change back row. Uh, Richard's on there, there is in with Tapiric and Falatau. He's brought a young guy, Mason Grady, uncapped into the centres. But it is, this is still, the, the, the question is not, is not even the players at the moment. It's the whole Welsh environment that's the problem. Um, obviously, the massive problems culturally within the Welsh Rugby Union, the financial problems 
the contractual problems with the players, the stress that is putting on the players, the distraction it puts on the players. Then you get to the team and their attack is a reflection of their nation at the moment. It's a mess. It's not connected. It's not, it's not doing anything that's, that's creative and that's making progress. Alan um, and Dave called the, the uh, brilliantly, as always, the, the Scotland-Wales game, and how they made that first half sound exciting must have been a challenge. <laughs> it, was, it was horrific. It was horrific. And we're sitting, I've got to say, Al, we, 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 we take your advice. I think oh, we've only got 10 minutes at half time. We don't have to talk or you did. Yeah, the second I half. Take, I take your bias compliment there, Matt. Thank it you. was a compliment. It was a compliment, mate. It's a biased one, though, because we're, we're all in the one team, so thank you. It was a compliment. It, it wasn't an exciting first half. Scotland were exciting in the second half. They played some great rugby, but Wales continued to be totally inaccurate. Uh, I, I Look, there are miracles in rugby. There are days teams stand up and, for whatever reason, overcome great odds. This is not a great England team. They are not playing great rugby. But you, I, I can't see a way Wales can win this. Uh, there has to be, unless there's cards involved. It's, it's so, and it's sad. It's, it's not a pleasant thing to talk about because I have great respect for Welsh rugby. But it's, there's nothing about the whole system there that gives you anything but, but sadness is what I feel for it at the moment. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Alan, Ken Owen's saying they're the laughing stock of rugby and things need to change. Yeah, and I, and I have a great deal of respect for Ken Owens. I think he's um, he's very forthright in, in in what he says, and he's honest, and uh, he's like he's like that as a player. He's a great great fella, a really really likable fella, tough as nails on the field, um, and they've all struggled with this. I'm sure it's been a really uh, big distraction and a worry for for so many players, not just the international guys, but the other players in the, in in the regions who are worried about contracts and their futures. Um, so I think everybody uh, within, you know, rugby, world rugby has been uh, paying attention to this story and, and really kind of showing empathy and compassion to what's going on because, um, you know, we're blessed in Ireland here and, and I experienced it, Matt did as well as a coach, the system here and, and the support you get from the RFU, it's second to none. Even during the pandemic, the Irish players here, they had to take a pay cut, but um obviously a strain on the the RFU and 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 for every union the world rugby but because there's, there's it's a very strong foundation uh, financially and from a systems point of view here in Ireland it was able to survive that and weather the storm and generate funds again and keep sponsors on board and all that kind of stuff so it's very very multi-layered and and Wales this has been going on for a long time in Wales you know uncertainty financial issues and you just don't have a magic wand that you can go out and say, "Well, we're going to generate millions from here, there, and everywhere." Um, it's it's it can it, it takes time, but there's so much history, pride, um, and wonderful kind of joy in Welsh rugby and the history of it, and the amount of wonderful players they produce. They're synonymous with you know the Six Nations and Grand Slams and and just great history to the place. Um, so it's sad, and and I think that's what he feels, Ken Owens. And it has been, if you're in that situation, you feel that um, it is a bit of a, a joke that it's come to this, and it shouldn't have come to this. I, I could never see, obviously, disputes happen, and, you know, probably the only dispute I can remember in my career of, of 
being with Ireland was was probably match fees and just trying to agree match fees. We'd always have a representative, um, some of the senior players who would speak with the union, work with them. Um, a little bit unsettling when Rugby Players Ireland started off and you know there was uh, uncertainty about the collaboration between the two. But all those things were just minor little bumps and they got sorted out pretty quickly. There was no dirty laundry in, in, in public. Um, this you feel has just kind of washed itself out in public and it's been very upsetting for everybody. Um, and none of us who love the game of rugby have enjoyed seeing any of this because, as I said before, I've many great friends in Welsh rugby and I had uh, great um, tussles and matches against Wales and against all the regions there as well. So thankfully, the match goes ahead and there is an agreement in place, I believe. Um, hopefully you know there's still possibly um could be doubts about their next match whether they'll play or not but um an agreement in place um is helpful and that the players have decided to go out and play the catastrophic effect and we said it last week of no match going ahead is millions and millions and millions of pounds that would be lost in revenue um so at least they're in a better position now that they get the game to go ahead what would be kind of an incredible scenario here for Wales is if they were to win the game. Um, I think the Welsh public and Welsh fans must be exhausted and really deflated um, by the whole saga as well. So uh, no one better to come to town than England. And they've, their, their you know, performances and results in recent years against England have been very strong and very good. So um, we're going to be there and I'm sure the atmosphere is going to be incredible. But... They've still got to go out and perform. They've gone. He's gone back for some experience again in Tipperick and Faletau and Alan Wynne Jones. Um, half Benny back is a boost for him, and you know he's still mix, mixing and matching as well um, with 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 some young guys getting experience. So even though all the doom and gloom is there, um, and even though they had two bad results in the first two games, there's there's guys getting exposed here, and I think they're very good players. Mason Grady's a very good player as well. He's over 17 stone he's six foot four or five he's he's a, a bit of a specimen really you know and um joe hawkins another good player jack morgan these guys tommy rafael young players that have come through um jenkins in the second row chunza so they there's they could end up at the end of the six nations with six or seven guys who are 21 22 who've got exposure and um i think they have a big future those guys in in, in international rugby so um it's been a tough time for him, but glad that the game is going ahead. And uh, England, beware, because uh, the place will be rocking on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it definitely will be rocking. What a place it is to go and play rugby. Matt, if we move on to the final game, Scotland going for three wins out of three, mm. going to Paris. You've always given them a chance. I think you've got us, Stu. Um, well, we, we, we can only... You know, I always say, you've you got to give me evidence. And uh, two years ago, they beat... France in Paris, so you know they'll they'll now that was COVID. It was an empty stadium, but they they beat England away and France away that year. They lost to Wales at home. Now they, they beaten them beaten England and they got the the old monkey off the back. You know since nineteen eighty six they'd lost every game after they'd beaten England, and they they played poorly the first half. But give them credit, they were excellent in the second half. They scored some great tries. Uh, Finn Russell was. Absolutely on fire. Um, some of his passing and kicking was was just uh, sumptuous. 
Uh, he's always had the talent, but sometimes he hasn't had the temperament. And just right now, he seems to be having both in place because he's not overplaying his hand, which would be an accusation I could, a lot of us could make against him when he's playing in uh, for Racing. He just forces things, and I think he does it for Scotland as well. He didn't last week. However, so this, they've got a chance. So we shouldn't we shouldn't come out and say there's no chance. That's not going to happen. That that's not right. But France, uh, after losing to um, Ireland, I can tell you the whole country here is hurting. But the general feeling is what I felt is that in the long run they'll do them the world of good. Going into the World Cup at home with a bit of a bloody nose means you've got to get a bit reset things, get a bit angry and go at it again. That you're not, you haven't got the World Cup in your hands until you got the World Cup in your hands. So I think this is a really good refocus point. So I would expect a much more powerful, uh, dis- oh, not, I shouldn't say powerful, Look, France were fantastic against Ireland. The stats that, that Ireland produced, France should never have been in that game. And, we, you know, Alan, Alan knows that they were in, they were in that game until the last five minutes. You know, once the, the, that second try was scored, and if if James Lowe's try had been ruled correctly, they're right in that game. So even though Ireland were the far better team on the day, France were in that. France are going to go home to the Stade, Stade de France. They've got two weeks to lick their wounds. He's going to pick a full side. I reckon there'll be a couple of changes. Give give some guys a go. You tell them you say you you haven't got this jersey forever. You've got it for one game at a time. And I actually think it's going to be a really great game of rugby, a really great game. All, all three are going to be great games, I think, on the weekend I, I, because this, you don't know with the Wales, how Wales going to come out. England have been quite poor. Just wouldn't it be lovely to see a toe-to-toe contest there at a slugfest, two, two of these that, that detest each other, bashing each other. I'd be great. You know, I'd pay money for that. It'd be really good. And then in Paris, the Scots play beautiful rugby and I, with the ball in hand and so do the French. So you know, I think it's uh, it's it's a weekend that's just going to keep giving so much entertainment, and so much fun, and really, all sides, the, probably the Italians are, are the least, but all sides have got a shot at winning this, uh, and well, which I think is really isn't that healthy for the competition. We haven't been able to say that for the last few years. I think that's that's really great for the championship. Yeah, Quinny, last one on France, Scotland. Do you think? The French will have learned a lot from that Ireland game and really will be a lot more ruthless against Scotland. Well, that will be their their um, intention anyway, for sure, because I think they obviously had, um, they were disappointed with what happened in Rome as well. Um, I think um, Sean Edwards came out and spoke about their discipline and their work rate and their energy and, and just the overall performance, as did Galtier. And so they were disappointed. Um, they showed, obviously, in that first half was incredible against Ireland for both sides were brilliant. Um, but Matt is right. They were they were in that game till Gary Ringrose scores near the end, you know, and Ireland could never sit back and relax at any stage, even though they put a mammoth effort in. And I just thought they're tactically, they, they got a lot, so much right that day, Ireland. But France will learn from that. And I think it's the first time where France kind of drifted away from their strengths of, of um, trying to win territory and ping teams back and really go after them in, in the attack zone. France started, you know, trying to run out of their own half a little bit and you know took some chances made some errors and mistakes and ireland punished them um so you know even after the peno try straight from the kickoff ireland win it back and 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 they end up scoring so 
there's certain parts of that game that they will be very disappointed in. Um, I don't think there'll be any sort of panic. Um, I think, as Matt said, it's no surprise that you know they'll want a reaction to French public. Um, this is a super French side. They have a couple of players out, like Ireland have. Um, they have such an array of talent that they can choose from. And I think it'll, it'll doom the world of good in the long run that they've had this little bit of a glitch and a setback. So that could be bad news for Scotland. The flip side of that is is Scotland are full of confidence and they're a dangerous side. And when they get their tails up, if you allow them and and if they if they get a, a, enough quality possession, they can hurt you and they can cause you problems. And and that will be the case not just on Sunday, but when they play Ireland in a few weeks as well. This Scottish side are a good Scottish side. They have a bit of steel about them, and I think they'll be excited about going to uh, going going to Paris, but. I do expect France will be much better and for any team worldwide now at the moment to beat France, even for Ireland to go there. And we, you asked the question there, is it a different result in Paris if Ireland are playing them? Well, it's harder. Um, Scotland are going to have to bring their A game for 80 minutes to beat this French side on Sunday. Well, I always ask Alan's predictions first, but Matt, this time you're up. I think you've told me, but I want to get them officially. Ireland and France is the easy ones. Right. Easier. Uh, Wales, England, wow. Look, on form, uh, you've got to say England playing a horrid brand of rugby will will endure. But I, uh, I really want Wales to win. I really hope Wales can get it together and, and put in a performance that lifts, the, lifts their country and uh, stops all the negative talk. But... I, I don't have any evidence to back that up. So I've, I've got to say, I think England will win. I hope I'm wrong. But you've got your Welsh hat on. And as for you, Yeah, I'm going to go Italy, Wales, France. Italy, Ooh, Wales, France. Straight in. Yeah. I just, look, Matt makes a very relevant point. England are better placed at the moment in Wales and, and should Have I got that right? Italy to beat Ireland on? Italy. L. No, sorry, mistake. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Hang on. Press the reset button. I had two goals in that all. What's Quinny got hit... into? What do you, what's, what information I, I, have you got that we haven't got? I've hit my head a few times there. My apologies. I was wondering why your reaction was so kind of bemused. No, Ireland. Ireland, <laughs> oh, Wales, France. Sorry, sorry. Jeez, well, I, 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 I tripped myself up there, but actually um, maybe... Um, too many head knocks. Um, but. Yeah, I thought I thought Sebastian would maybe give you a few quid there. Yeah. Right, lads. I must thank thank Matt, Alan, Seb, and make sure you tune in Saturday at quarter past four is the big one. Wales take on England. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.